Tom, thank you for joining me on GV Talks. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. How's your morning been? Uh, busy, busy, painting away. Yeah. Uh, couple of personal things, trying to get off the books. Yeah, you're the first person who's asked for a morning interview. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is strange. You know, I'm a night person, so mornings don't really work for me. But Yeah, when I said 10, I was like, I hope he doesn't want like 7 or... <laughs> oh, no, 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 mate. At 7, I'd be, you know, busy doing other things, so... Yeah. Do you want to let the Shepparton people know who they're listening to? Uh, yeah, so my name's Tom Day. Um, I'm an artist based out of Shepparton, so I'm a Shep boy. I was born here. Um, the oldest of six, only boy, yeah. um, so five sisters. Um, but I left Shep when I was about uh, three years old um, and with my grandparents um, and moved down to a place called Hayward. Um, in the southwest of Victoria, so about an hour west of Warrnambool. Um, and I grew up in a, at a place called Alambie, which is 20 kilometres out of that town. So Haywood, population of around 900 people. Um, so when I say I'm a country boy, I definitely mean it. Yeah, well, why did you move away with your grandparents? Um, not too sure, really. I think my grandmother, you know, wanted to go home, uh, back to where she came from. Um... You know, they'd lived in Shepparton for, you know, well over 30 years, yeah. had their kids here, raised their kids here. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was more a need for Nang just to, to go home. Yeah. Who was your um, male role model growing up? Uh, my grandfather, um, and he still is. Um, so I'm lucky, you know, I've got my grandparents both still alive. Um, two years ago, they moved back to Shepparton, both in their 80s. Um, my father's parents, you know, my, my grandparents from my dad's side are still alive as well, um, and they've never left here. Um, but yeah, I'd say my grandfather's still still my role model. Yeah, awesome. What lessons did you learn from those guys growing up? I think everything I am, um, all, all the best parts of me are from lessons from them. Um, so my grandmother's, you know, my grandparents, both born on a mission, you know, my grandmother was born on Lake Honda Mission. Um, she's the only person alive um, left that was born on that place. You know, uh, my grandfather was born on Munakala Mission, you know, uh, northwest of Daniliguin. Yeah. Um, complete opposites. So my grandmother's very political. Yeah. Um, sort of really got involved in Aboriginal advocacy and, and those political movements. And my grandfather is just the quintessential bushman, um, very quiet, unassuming, Yeah. Um, doesn't really get involved in any of that. So I think I had the perfect blend. Um, and around that time, you know, a lot of the meetings were being held at my house. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm the kid just walking around when, you know, you've got really powerful figures in the community and in that movement, just meeting at your kitchen table. Um, so you'd hear all those discussions, um, but for the most part, you know, where I grew up was basically on a swamp. So, you know, my childhood was basically with my grandfather and my uncles, um, out the bush, hunting, fishing, shooting, camping, um, being educated as well. Yeah. So, you know, when my nan comes from, is a volcanic sort of wetland system, which is rare across Victoria. Um, and I grew up at the most northern edge of that landscape and 
my ancestors sort of built a, a freshwater aquaculture system as well. So, um, so last year they were put on the World Heritage List. Wow. Um, purely for its cultural values. Um, and we are recognised around the world as the oldest freshwater aquaculture on earth. Was it hard growing up? Uh, no, mate, it had everything we needed. Um, you know, certainly didn't grow up uh, well off or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but in terms of never went without. Yeah. Um, and freedom. I had complete freedom just to roam that bush and um, basically do whatever I wanted to do. And, you know, I got to wag school a bit as well, which, <laughs> which was good. Um because at the time, you know, my, my grandparents and, and my nan's family were heavily involved in tourism. Um, so, you know, I got to, to tag along and, and be a part of the tourism as well. And, um, you know, if, if anyone was coming to research on us and, you know, in terms of archaeology and anthropology, um, I'd be the kid tagging along. Yeah, wow. What tourism stuff did your grandparents do? Um, Landscape-based. Yeah. Um, cultural tourism. Yeah, uh, across different properties that we managed and owned um, from the coastline. Um, so the southern border of where my grandmother comes from, you know, is 200 kilometres of coastline, um, all the way inland to, to those freshwater aquaculture systems Yeah, uh, where my lands people came from. Uh, and sort of, you know, telling the story of the mission and the story of the people as well. So... I think I'm the product of a very healthy um, upbringing um, yeah. in terms of, you know, understanding one's identity and who they are in the world. Um, but also, you know, my, par- my grandparents didn't have a chance to get an education, so education was pushed as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, completing VCE and things like that um, was done more for them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Can you elaborate on what you mean by you know who you are in the world? Um, well, I'm, I'm a Karat Mara man, you know, uh, part of the Gunditj Mara nation and, and I come from this little pocket in southwest Victoria. Um, I've had the chance to travel the world and, you know, but I go with the understanding of knowing exactly where I come from, um, you know, and, and not questioning my place in the world um, and who I am within it. Do you think what you do meets what the world needs? Yeah, well, I, I don't think the world is changing. I think the world has changed. Yeah. Um, we're just seeing the next iteration of it with the pandemic and everything else. I think more now than ever, people want to feel connected to something or, or where they are or... Who um, they are. Who they are, yeah. I, I think that's the most important lesson to be learned Um I think the, the, the conscience within the world is changing as well, people's connection to it, um, you know, creating more of an understanding of, of what it means to be a human being in yes. 2020. Um, I think that the thirst for knowledge about other people's origins and their culture and everything has become, it's not so much tokenistic anymore, it's a real thing. Um, yeah. People want to know, you know, and... and I can't expect anyone to, to, or I can't be angry at anyone for asking a question, um, because I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, I think now more than ever, we, we need each other um, to 
to forge whatever we're going to do. And you think the pandemic's brought that forward? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, that, that time spent, you reevaluate what's important. Um, you know, you stop, you forget about the things that, that are sort of false emergencies in the world or, or in your world. And you tend to just want to be around things that make you feel good and, and reevaluate, well, you know, I haven't spoken to this person for a while and, you know, we were pretty close once or, um, you know, in, in my case, I come from a really big family um, and, you know, not having, having, having a time or, or the opportunity to see my grandparents. Yes. You know, things like that. Um, I think everyone, this pandemic was like a leveller. Everyone's gone through it. I, I completely agree. And that is my anecdotal experience as well. Like, it put everything in perspective. Yeah. Like, everything that was important and a lot of things that I was carrying around that weren't important, mm-hmm. I think now I'll definitely live without or not um, tend to as much or give as much attention. Yeah, I think, um, you know, in the, in the sense of what I do, um, it didn't change in terms of producing artwork. And... What I do is pretty solitary anyway, yeah. but um, I, I know that my work quadrupled um, and maybe it was because people were spending time at home and, and were thinking about, you know, well, I always wanted to, to get this piece done or, or, you know, I don't like the look of my house and I'd like to have something here that brightens it up. Um, so I've certainly found that. Um, even with the subject matter that people sort of reach out and request, you know, you're sort of seeing the range of emotions that people have gone through here. And so I take what I do seriously in terms of, you know, people reaching out and thinking that I can produce something that that is relevant for them. Yes. When did you realise your gift for art? Um, I think I'm still realising it. I don't think you ever sort of get to a point where... Well, you feel, oh, I've reached the pinnacle of it and this is what I'm going to do and nothing else. Um, but I, I think I got exposure to the art world uh, when I was 15. Yeah. So I went to a, a secondary school of 200 students and I had an art teacher that was always trying to push me to, you know, outside my comfort zone with art. And, and there was a national design competition for Billabong, the surf brand, and... And I wasn't interested in doing anything um, with it. And um, he was trying to steer me towards it, still rejected it until he made it compulsory for all the students in the class to do it. Um, So I designed that. Uh, Nothing Aboriginal in terms of content. I come from a surf culture down in in southwest Victoria, so I was purely surf-based. And I won. And thinking back on it now, I don't really understand I don't think I understood what it represented um, in terms of the brand and, and things like that. But I think that's where I got my exposure uh, to that world. Do you think having someone believe in you when you didn't believe in yourself was a pivotal moment? Yeah, absolutely. Like, do you think you would have went down this path if that teacher hadn't have done that for you? Uh, probably not. Probably not, to be honest. I. Um, How cool is that? Yeah, I mean, I had family that uh, and uncles, you know... Um, when, I, when I'd left high school and was doing other things in the community saying, you know, you should be doing your art, you know, but at the time I thought I could never make a living just doing art. Um, 
but but that yeah that teacher of mine um i think he was one of my biggest inspirations when i was starting out um and i, I think that's the driving factor to have people that actually believe in what you do is critical yeah especially when you can't see it yourself initially yeah absolutely and and Looking at my situation, you know, growing up in a town of 800, 900 people in a high school of 200 students, you know, and, and this national thing comes along and, and someone thinks you're good enough to, to compete. Um, the, I don't think I fully understood it when it was happening. Uh, it was more just about the process of doing it. I thought, oh, yeah, cool, I'll, I'll do this. Um, How would you define art? Art, to me, I think is freedom. Um, I think it's raw, it's emotional. Um, I think it's one of the last platforms in the world where the truth is told. Yes. Because it's so raw and, and unemotional. But, but to me, I think it represents freedom. Um, whatever you're feeling at the time, you know, you produce it and you're influenced by whatever emotions going through you at the time. Can you describe that? Is it something where like, you look at the blank piece of paper and you envision what you want it to be, or is it stroke by stroke it kind of unravels itself from you? I think I, I approach it with a very rough concept in my head, uh, visually. I'm not your conventional artist, so I have no sketchbook or anything like that. I'm purely driven by, by what's going on um, at the time. And then I think I find my groove at some point through it, and you know when it hits because everything just becomes easier and you're just laying, you know, paint strokes and things. And I don't sort of get in my head too much about it, trying to figure it out from an intellectual point of view. It's just shapes and colours and and you're just trying to bend the shape and bend the colour and um, trying to stay true to whatever narrative you've got in your head. Yeah. How would you describe your style? I... It's funny. Um, I get a lot of people saying that my work is unique. To me, it's based on the, the traditional form of artwork that comes from where I come from. Um, so to me, I don't think it's unique at all. It's unique in the sense that no one has really understood it before. They automatically think, you know, Aboriginal artists, oh yeah, dot painting, um, which I certainly don't do. I've never done dot painting in my life. Um, but I think my style can be described as contemporary, abstract, Aboriginal. Um, I'd like to just say that it's art. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be defined by, by a particular style because my inspiration to do it comes from many different styles, not just Aboriginal art. If you look at my colour concepts, um, the influence there is Monet from the Renaissance period in France. Um, you know, but my iconography stays very true to my origins yeah. um, and my identity as a Karamara man, so. But specifically, it's fine lines, is that right? Very fine, yeah. very detailed. Um, I'm struggling with the idea of uh, being very loose with the technique at the moment. Yeah. So a less is more approach because um, inherently... I just reach for detail, um, but that's the challenge of being an artist, to, to experiment and expand. But I think it's a very fine art. Um, I don't know how I do it, 
to be honest. Um, but it's taken me 39 years to be able to do it. And now I'm at a point where I, I want to see, well, I can paint a straight line and I can paint tens of thousands of them. Um, but what else can I do with it? Yeah. How else can I experiment and bend it and stay true to the iconography of it? But, but in terms of, of the actual product itself, how can I play with it? Why did you want to change the style? Uh, to challenge myself. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get to the point where, where I'm just producing, producing, producing the same thing over and over and over again. And, um, because then the enjoyment of it will probably go out of it and art's supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know, whatever you're doing should be fun. Um, so in terms of wanting to change, I'll always stay true to that style. Um, but at the moment it's more just trying to, to just experiment. Just, yeah. just to play with it um, because I can <laughs> yeah I completely understand something that I when I speak to other artists they always struggle r- releasing what they've produced because it's not perfect mm-hmm. and everyone's aiming for that but they're never going to get it like do you ever struggle with that like you're like oh I'm not ready to release this piece because I feel like I can make it better or do you just put it straight out as soon as you think you're done with it well I think in the case of most artists most of us are introverted anyway, so we keep a lot of things on the inside. And I think it takes courage to actually put something you've produced out there for the public to see. So there's always that fear. Um, but yeah, I'm my own harshest critic, mate. You know, I'd, um, I've done work in the past, and if I had the chance to do it again, I'd do it completely different. Yeah. Um, but I have to except that you know what I painted at that time captured that moment in time um, and you know for me so I don't necessarily promote myself so I don't have a website or anything this whole exposure at the moment came from just people seeing my Instagram um, and that was done deliberately I wanted to keep my anonymity <laughs> as much as possible um, but, but I think having the courage to put it out there, and it was more for me, I don't think I was putting it out there trying to get likes or, or for this thing to, to become what it's become. Um, it was more my need to express whatever was happening at the time and then putting it out there. I'm very fortunate um, that people like it um, and I'll be able to, I've been able to create a business from it and this is my life now. Um, but I'm under no illusion that, um, you know, that, that everyone's going to like it every time and it's not always going to be a home run. Um, yeah. But I've accepted that, you know, but, but I'm painting for me, yes. not for anyone else. So, you know, as long as I'm happy with what I'm producing, then that's what's important. Um, if I can produce something for someone in terms of a commission or, or private commission then that, that's deeply humbling because people have put confidence in you to think, well, this person can visually create what I'm thinking. One of the interesting things that you said just then is a lot of artists are introverts. Do you think that's the reason why they're artists is so they can express how they're feeling and they can't necessarily do it in well, via other forms like um, communicating with large groups of people or... 
um, express themselves in loud ways. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, I am... I have the art world and what I do figured out, I think. Yeah. Um, but in terms of expressing it and the human interaction part, I am completely out of my comfort zone there. Um, if I'm speaking purely about art, you know, in terms of a one-on-one or a small audience, then great. Yes. You know, because the passion shines through and I can talk about it all day. Um, but I even struggled, you know, for the process, visually, I have the idea in my head, the narrative, the idea is there um, of what I'm trying to create. In terms of writing it down, <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at it. Yeah. Um, but but I think that's part of the journey. You know, you, you find, as much as you're creating for other people and for yourself, you're, you're finding more about yourself than you ever thought possible. You understand where your shortcomings are coming from. Um, and you understand what you excel at. So continue to excel at what you do well, but work on the things that, yeah. you know, that you can improve on. So whilst it's art, you know, um, it, it's more about just living and, and learning. The arts helped you develop your character? I think so. I think so. That's um, what it sounds like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, I believe so. Um, because art is a conversation starter as well. You know, I'd spent a lifetime before ever doing what I do now in very high-profile positions within community, centering around native title and cultural heritage. And um, I find the conversations I have now just through the production of art are far more expanding. Yeah. Because art has no boundaries. Um, and art is very visual, you know, it's an eye test. If you see it, you like it. Yeah. But then you get the chance to, if you meet the artist, you get to know more about what was the emotions that were going on that created this piece. What does it really represent from an emotive level? Um, and then it tends to mean a hell of a lot more. Yes. How do you get that story across to people who don't get the chance to meet you? Because I agree with what you just said then, but only like a handful of people will yeah. probably get the true meaning of every piece of art, like yeah. five people for each piece. Or I look at today, you know, we're doing a podcast, um, you know, that will reach a far more wider target audience than I ever could personally. Um, you know, and people may want to reach out because of it. Mm-hmm. At least they get a, a basic understanding of what I'm about in terms of my approach to art. Um, you know, and this is what you get far beyond just, just the painting. You, know, you, you get a piece of me, basically, because an artist reveals elements of themselves in every art piece they do, um, so that person gets to take that away. Do you think you can look at a piece of art as you are now and then look at it again in the future and it means something different? Yeah, I, I, I believe that. Um, you know, I look at some of the old, old pieces of artwork I've done um, and I think, gee, how far have I come since then? Yeah. I think I'm, I'm a hell of a lot better than what I was, say, five years ago, but that's through constant discipline and practice and wanting to get better. Um, but 
to me, what I do, I just capture moments. You know, whatever I'm feeling at a time, you know, I'll, I'll paint it. Um, and then, you know, it just, it's captured that moment in time. Um, even with what I do now, you know, some of the subject matter is very based on my stories, my dreaming stories and things like that. Then I'm a conduit. You know, I'm capturing something that is very ancient, but in 2020, um, I look at, you know, where, where I come from and I think, well, the landscape has changed so much. So from the point of view of, say, my great-great-grandfather who produced the possum skin cloak in the 1840s that's now in the Melbourne Museum, what he produced was what he saw. What I produce is what I see. Same subject matter, but the landscape has changed completely. The only thing I look at through the lens of my great-great-grandfather would be the sky. Yeah. Because the sky doesn't change the constellations. It's still there for a reason, but everything on the land has changed completely. So I think the important thing is to understand the art in that context and trying to understand where you come from and and the landscape your, your ancestry comes from and trying to, to hold on to that in terms of the narrative, but the visual, then you rely on yourself. That means walking it, that means understanding every element of it and then producing it. Do you think your ancestors live through you? Yeah, I think they live through us all. Yes, I, I agree. Um, I think everything we do as Aboriginal people it's funny, um, you know, as much as we want to to be different in a very modern world, um, we are still a reflection of our ancestors and elders, um, no matter what. But you what don't want to forget your culture. Like, oh, no, absolutely yeah. not. I think that's the defining, defining thing about us. Um, and it's not to say that, that um, you know, that's what makes us different and things like that. It just makes us who we are. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm influenced every day by by who I am and, and my ancestry and, and understanding that. Yeah. You know, I, I was raised in a very rich cultural environment, um, which is rare in itself, particularly in Victoria, but, but I definitely grew up on it. You know, my group was the first to, to receive native title in Victoria. You know, I signed off on that agreement in 2007, so even my name is inextricably linked to that moment. Um, you know, going to London in 2010 to retrieve your ancestors' remains that had been there for 180 years. You know, you're inextricably linked to it. Yeah. Our culture didn't die 200 years ago, you know, as much as archaeologists want to pretend it did. Yeah. Um, because we are the living embodiment of the spirit of what it means to be us. You know, there's, there's a beauty in, in understanding that and just being that. Do you get solace that when you pass on, your art will still be here and your story will still be accessible to so many people? Yeah, I, I like the idea of that. Um, and in a lot of ways, that's why I do what I do. Um, and I do it more, you know, at the moment. So I've been commissioned, you know, to produce the artwork for the Parliament of Victoria. Do you want to give us the full story on that? Um, yeah, yeah. So I was approached by the Legislative Council of Parliament last year um, to, to talk about the, the idea of possibly producing an artwork that would hang 
in the halls of parliament uh, and used for parliament's inaugural reconciliation action plan. So parliament's been around for 190 years. Um, so this is the first time it's ever been done. So, you know, it's not so much pride that I feel doing it. It's, it's a huge responsibility because I have to capture a relationship between two distinct groups mm-hmm. over 190 period, um, but also trying to capture the whole of Aboriginal Victoria in this painting. So I can't make it too centric to, to myself and, and my distinguishable groups. With it. There's 36 language groups in Victoria. I just belong to one. Yeah. Um, so the concept is based around something we can all agree on and have an affinity to, which is our identity, which comes from country. We have distinct, you know, landforms that, that our ancestry comes from. So, so I'm in the process of producing this artwork at the moment. And I'm working at a Marupna Secondary College and actually working with the Year 9 students to document this process. Yeah. Which again will be a first. Um, so instead of just having a written narrative that hangs beside a, a nice looking painting in Parliament, this will have a video screen beside it where the students will own that video. Wow. So they'll produce it, they'll edit it. And I've left it completely in their hands to do it. I said, well, I'm going to paint it. But I'm not going to try and tell you guys how to film it. I want to shine a spotlight on your creativity because the conversation that's happening at the moment around reconciliation and what this painting represents is led by us and our generation, but it'll be inherited by theirs. Yeah. So by them taking a lead in the process, they're going to be far better situated and educated to have better conversations when it's their turn to lead them. Do you think they understand that? Yeah, yeah, I think that it's exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, just sitting with them and getting their thoughts on what they think reconciliation is. And this, this group is not Aboriginal. It's whether you're black, white or brindle, it's just the class yeah. that's doing it. Um, so I, I like the idea of just hearing their thoughts. And I don't really tell them, um, well, I'd like it to look this way or that way. I have an image in my head of, of how to end it. Yeah. But that's the only one I'm holding on to. Yeah, okay. So they're really going for it. So I had to wait until they could come back to class to finish the painting oh, yes. to actually give them something to film. Yeah. Because I work really, really fast. Um, and I could have had it done by now, but but it defeats the purpose of why we're doing it. Yes. How long does a painting take? Uh, it can take anywhere from a day, um, if I'm really feeling it, um, to a painting I've been working on for two years. Um so I don't own, I've never kept any of my own work either. Um, I collect other people's work because I appreciate it. Um, my grandparents probably have enough paintings where they could start their own gallery because I've given them paintings. Yeah. Um, and they've got some of my first paintings as well as my latest ones as well. Um, uncles, you know, if they find me at the right time, not, I gift them paintings. Yeah. Um, even to the point now, you know, I've just put 10 paintings in Noble Monks. You've seen them. They look um, awesome. Thanks, mate. Um, and that was more of a thank you to them 
because they let me hang some of my artwork in there long before the the exposure you know shone a light on doing these big bigger bigger commissions outside of Shepparton and so I gifted them them paintings just as a thank you um, and I think it makes it unique as well yeah um, and you know the response that I've gotten apparently you know talking to Sam and Ash and, and Raman um, is that yeah it's created talking points which is awesome um, what's the scale of the piece you're doing for the Parliament House so it's 2.8 metres wide uh, by about 2.5 high. So it'll be one of the biggest paintings to hang in Parliament. Um, it's unstretched, it's laying on the floor and I bought a mattress and I lay on it and paint it. Um, and, you know, I just sit on it all day and just try and knock out as much as I can. Yeah. What goals do you have moving forward? Um, well, I got into it no expectations. And, and everything has just become a blessing and, and I'd rather just live in this moment or moment to moment and focus on what I'm doing. Uh, moving forward, I think I'd like to, if I could, you know, open up opportunities for other younger artists. Um, you know, if I, if I have a platform to be able to do that, then I certainly will. And I do it now. Um, you know, I get asked to do a lot of commission work and some I turn down because I just don't feel any, I don't feel that I could be the right person to do mm-hmm. it. So I don't just take jobs because because they're offered, because um, I respect what I do too much to, yes. to do that. But but I'll point them in the direction of young people and say, well, this is the person you should be going to. So I'll, you know, vouch for that young person and, and really talk them up and then I'll just support them through it, yeah. the technical side of it. Um, with the Parliament one, you know, I'm mentoring some young people um, and I took a young girl with me to Parliament when I met with the Legislative Council and so she could see, you know, how these ideas form. Um, so it's not so much about the painting itself, it's the narrative. Well, yeah. this is how discussions begin. This is how you control your narrative in producing what you do. This is how you protect the story of it. Yeah. This is how you form... A relationship and then you go beyond that and then start producing it what do you think you've learned from being a teacher what do i think i've learned yeah <laughs> um do you think that you learn being a teacher i i definitely do oh yeah absolutely i don't think you ever stop learning yeah um and i don't think i have anything figured out in terms of what i do in this art world um the, the day i think i know everything is the day i should walk away from it um so young people are teaching me as much as what I think I'm teaching them. Mm-hmm. The, these young artists teach me to, to not be stuck in a certain way, um, to, to still be inquisitive, to still... Yeah, I know what I know, but that's all I know. You know, I, and if that's it, then I don't know much. Yeah. You know, you're always learning. Um, in terms of inspiration and things like that, um, and it might sound very cliche, but but life inspires me. The unexpected, you know, life is finite, it ends. So trying to, you know, live in the moment, not trying to get ahead of myself and talking about, you know, plans for the future, have none. Yeah. You know, I'm just trying to live in the moments and enjoy them. Um, 
another big driver and inspiration and no one would ever know this you know um could be a fleeting moment you know of an interaction with someone yeah that person will never know that but that 10 minute interaction or that or that random conversation with someone could be the thing that inspires you to create a whole piece um so as long as you have an inquisitive mind and you want to know more and you're fascinated by people and human nature in terms of what I do, I think I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Because inspiration will never cease to exist. It'll always be there. Do you have lots of moments that you just keep for yourself? Absolutely. Like you don't want to put it on a painting, you just want to have that yeah. that memory for yourself or yeah, yeah. that experience for yourself? Yeah, I, I do. Um, you know, I've done a lot of things long before the Parliament job become known, but I didn't talk about it for a reason. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to hold on to those moments. Um, you know, as much as people are talking about the Parliament job, at the same time I'm working on another commission where um, I'm doing artwork for that's going to go on a building for a council in Melbourne. So yeah. my imagery will be superimposed to, you know, 10 by 20 metres across the council chamber windows. Um, and there's discussions to do some more. Yeah. Um, I haven't spoken about that. You know, yeah. it just it is what it is. And, you know, I, I want to be respected for what I do in terms of the, the art I produce and, and the artistic merit of it. But I could do without the notoriety that comes with it. Um, as we said, you know, we're introverted. Um, if if life is if my life is spent just producing artwork, then it's a perfect scenario. Um, at the moment, you know, I do all the face to face meetings and everything else. I don't have a manager, you know, I don't I'm not represented by a gallery or although I'm in discussions now with several galleries outside of Shepparton. Mm. Um, you know, interestingly enough, you know, I'm still I'm a kid that grew up on a swamp, you know, in the middle of nowhere. And that's all I'll ever be and that's all I want to be is, is that kid. And I don't want to lose that throughout all this journey I'm on because that's what got me here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I got an email this morning from from Los, a group in Las Vegas. You know, I don't know how they found out about me, but they have. And so there's this, there's very early discussions about, you know, if I'm interested in doing things. Yeah. Um, you know, but... I, and this is all happening from to a guy that lives in Shep, you know, who didn't have to leave Shep to pursue a dream. He just trusted in, in what I did and put the work in. Because I don't believe in luck. I, I believe in, you know, dedication and, and work yeah. um, will get you to where you are. So it's very funny. Um, it's just one of life's ironies, I suppose. You do good things just because they're good not because of any other reason yeah i i've spent during this journey i've made a point to enjoy it i've made a point to surround myself with with you know good people and have fun and you know not not think so much about negative discussions or things like that because there's too many positives to focus on mm-hmm. um not you know anger Art is emotive, so 
you know, even if I'm angry, it inspires me to do something in terms of art, but I'm not bitter. Yeah. You know, I, I, I take it in for what it is and, and then I, you know, create because of it and then I just leave it. Um, you know, and as long as I hang on to that, then, then that's okay. Um, it's, and it's funny, you know, I, and the art world is very crazy. <laughs> you know, um, uh, some of the people I've met are very eccentric. Um, but then that, because I'm curious anyway, and have an inquisitive mind, I look at it based on the, on the fun side of it, you know, yeah. I look and laugh and think, keep on, you know, going back to that kid running around that swamp and thinking, <laughs> you know, who would have ever thought? Um, I take what I do very seriously and, and as I said, I protect it, you know, particularly the narrative of it, um, because I understand, you know, any elder that, or any person that has taught me something saw something in me and gave me that, mm -hmm. so I carry the responsibility of, of holding that, um, and so that is certainly not lost on me. Um, people that reach out to me, you know, that that um, you know, pay me money to, to produce artwork for them. Um, that's not lost on me either. Um, you know, I have paintings in in the National Museum in Canberra. Um, I have four paintings in there in their, part of their collection. Uh, I have paintings in Japan, China, Switzerland, Germany, Russia, America. Um, but you know, I have some paintings that are, that are hanging on multi-million dollar mansions, walls. What but at the same say? time, um, I have paintings in, in single parents' houses. Yeah. And you couldn't distinguish the difference between which one was better. Um, if anything, I, I treat the ones um, for those everyday people are a hell of a lot more serious than the other ones I would. Um, and, you know, people reach out and they tell me a story that resonates with me. You know, then, and I may not have any time to really do it. But I'll say, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, I don't do prints because I want my work to be authentic. And, and, you know, if you're paying for it, then I want you to have the original. It's yours. Um, in terms of price, it shocks people because, you know, for those personal little projects, for, for those single parents and things, buying a print somewhere would be more expensive than the work that I produce. Yeah. Um, so it's not really driven by, by economics. Um, I'm very fortunate that I... That um. That I can live, with freedom. Yeah. You know, and my, my work is yeah, um, collectible. So, so so that's a good thing. But um, but I know why I do it. What would you say to the young kids or anyone really doesn't have to be a young kid who think that they can't be successful working at a shepherding or working out of any small town. I'd say that's a lie, um, and I'm proof, you know, it wasn't just the billabong thing at 15, um, you know, I designed, I did work for Essendon out of that small town in Hayward, you know, I did work for Ray-Ban Sunglasses out of that small town in Hayward, um, you know, I moved to Shepparton now and, um, you know, this is what I do for a living. Um, so, and you're going to have your detractors, 
you know, some coming from a negative space. But if you don't have critics, you'll, you'll likely have no success. Um, and don't worry about critics because none of them are ever remembered. <laughs> um, and But sometimes the people that you love the most will be the ones that can hold you back. Not through a negative mindset because they love you so much that they don't want you to see you fail or, or you know, hit stumbling blocks. I don't think you ever fail. Um, I think, you know, you just hit stumbling blocks and and it comes back to that identity thing we were talking about. What I do, everything is tied to my identity. As long as I have that, then I'm going to be okay. Um, but, but my advice to young people is, you know, have your dream. And be true to yourself. Absolutely. Have your dream, but, but be disciplined and work towards it. You know, don't worry about how it comes to pass. Just know when it does. Yeah, what, what you said off air was, it hit home with me. People think you're an overnight success. These last two years you've blown up, but they don't know the 36 years that happened before that. Yeah, yeah, which is um, funny to me. You know, when I came here, I people asked, oh, yeah, I paint. Um, and then sort of just brushed off, you know. Um, and then, you know, they, they got a chance to see what I do. Um, and they're shocked. And I said, well, I did say I paint, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm... The, I look at the moments, I keep on talking about moments because I, I don't think too far into the future. I want to celebrate or, or live in the moments that I'm in and cherish them. Um, the world has become so fast <laughs> that no young person has the time to, f- to figure out who they are. You know, pop culture is going to tell you what, what you should be and you gravitate towards that. Where I'm the opposite, you know, time is a concept I don't really look at. Mm. I work to deadlines in terms of my artwork, but how I do it is completely up to me. You know, I might have a deadline in two months, might have the work done in a week, but I might drag it out. It just depends what I'm feeling at the time. Um, I think young people should should spend every opportunity they can trying to, to work towards knowing who they are. Um, knowing what they value, what's important to them. I have nieces and nephews now, um, you know, and, and as their uncle, you know, I just, I'm trying to teach them, or, you know, how I was taught. Yeah. Um, you know, to value the most important things in life, um, to take the time to enjoy life, you know, it's meant to be lived. Um, it shouldn't be spent watching others live it. Um, it's a big wide world out there, you know, take advantage of what life has to offer and um, I certainly have and, you know, I'm 39 now but, you know, I think I've crammed in a lot um, in my 39 years from, you know, being, working in Native Title, you know, through that process and being a CEO at, you know, 27 and chairman at 25, you know, going to London representing my group all the time, you know, spending time living in America you know, with First Nations people there and, and into Mexico and Canada and, you know, piloting a project, so leading a delegation of three different Indigenous nations across Australia to America to to share and learn. And now that program is run every year. Um, living on a mountaintop in Vanuatu <laughs> with a tribal community. That really, or those experiences, changed my perspective 
every time. Um, and and I'd say to young people, particularly, because my passion, art is what I do. Mm. But the passion for young people is who I am. And my identity is who I am. Art is a byproduct of just who I am naturally. Um, and but I say to young people, keep an inquisitive mind. Want to know things. You know, go out and look for it. I had Nani tell me once, my, my grandmother's elder sister, who was giant in our community, went back to university at age 70 plus, just to prove a point to young people. That you never stop learning. This was a two-time Amnesty International Woman of the Year. You know, small in stature, but cast bigger shadow. And we're talking about destiny. You know, people are destined for great things because they're identified as being that when they're young. And I spent every, particularly during my youth and into my adult years, doing everything I could apart from what I'm doing now. But her words resonate with me. So she said, the funny thing about destiny is that it usually finds you when you walk in the road you took to walk away from it. It'll always find you. Um, you just have to identify when it hits, you know. Um, that's why I don't get too caught up in, in thinking so much um, because I can't control what people think. <laughs> you know, yeah. and sometimes the most dangerous place to exist is in the mind of someone. Yeah. Um, but my paintings serve as, as a reminder of trying to evoke some emotion in someone. So you, And you think you've achieved that? I think I'm getting there. I don't think... Um, I mean, I, I celebrate the wins now, um, you know, with the Parliament one and, and other jobs and things like that and the opportunities that have come because of it. Um, I, I stay very true to the people that supported me um, when they saw this journey happening, such as noble monks. Um, and, and I want to create opportunities for, for younger people. You don't have to leave where you live to become a success. You need to identify early on, well, what does success mean to me? That's great. Who locally inspires you? Um, still my grandparents, you know, um, it's, it's still them. I. My nieces and nephews, you know, I have one niece said to her mother the other day, she asked her what, I, what, she, what she wants to be, and she said, oh, I want to be like my uncle. Um, she goes, oh, yeah, that's, you know, paint like him. She goes, oh, no, I'll be better, um, which I love. Yeah. You know, um, so whilst I'm a bit older, you know, I'll treat it like competition, but at some point I'll just realise that, yeah, I can't compete anymore. But um, And people, just grassroots people might inspire me. Um, People having the courage to just step out of their comfort zone and just do something. You know, I'm proud of anyone that's doing anything good um, because I understand that, you know, life is not fair and, and human nature is a strange thing and trying to navigate all these things but staying true to yourself I think is the biggest lesson you'll learn. Um, I'm lucky in the sense that um, I get to do what I love and, you know, that... Everything might sound like a cliche, but, but, you know, they are true. You know, I paint for as long as I can remember. I've, I've seen it evolve with my own eyes and, and my own worst critic. I've, 
you know, being afforded a great opportunity because of the, the passion of what I do. As long as I can continue to have a passion for it, I think I'll be okay. Um, but it's, it's, you know, meeting people along the way is, is great as well, you know. Not, not everything is roses, you know, because life isn't, but, um, but hold on to the good things. You know, if you find any good in the world, hold on to it for as long as you can. And, and my advice again to young people is, you know, protect your individuality. Yes. Fiercely protect it. Um, in the case of what we do, you know, as Aboriginal artists, the narrative is ours. You know, and you have to stay true to that narrative and what you're trying to produce because it's it's more an educational tool now than it ever was before. Um, so you need to accept your role, or, or I have accepted my role now, as, as not just being a, a painter or an artist. Um, if people do get the opportunity to meet me, um, to talk about what I do, then they get a full-on immersive experience of, of, yes, well, I'm inspired by this, and, you know, yes, I'm... Um, you know, this, this was the emotion I was trying to stir. I have things going on when I'm displaying artwork. I'm trying to not trick people, but I'm trying to draw them in. Yeah. Um, at that, you know, most basic, rawest form. And, you know, it's working so far. Um, but I have to understand that, you know, one day it might not. But as we were talking earlier, you know, um, even if I wasn't getting paid to do this, I'd still do it because I have 39 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... And I treat it almost like that that kid running in that swamp still, mate. You know, I still treat it like that because that's really who I am still and um, and that's all I'll ever be. That's great, Tom. I think we'll wrap it up there. I'll chuck all your Instagram links in mm-hmm. the description below. Is there anything you want to leave the Shepherd and people with? Oh, no, mate, if you, if, you know, my art is, can be seen, you know, if you go to Noble Monks and say hi to the guys there, they'll let you go out the back and have a look at it, and, um, yeah, no doubt you'll see me there, you know, I'm not hard to find, I'm usually sitting in there having a coffee and sketching away on something, so, yeah, but thanks for the opportunity, mate, and, um, yeah, I hope that, you know, it might inspire a young person to, to reach out or, or just um, follow their dreams. 100%, thanks, Tom. Thanks, mate.